Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne, and with me, as always, is justice personified Judge John Hodgman. We'll go to the courtroom for this week's case in just a second, but first, we want to tell you a little bit about the Max Fund Drive, which just started. The Max Fund Drive has started. So you know that Maximum Fund's business model is artist-owned, audience-supported. You hear me saying it every week all over the network. And what that means is that when you become a Maximum Fund member, especially during Max Fund Drive, you are directly affecting our ability to continue to do Judge John Hodgman, as well as Max Fund's ability to plan for other future, probably better podcasts. <laughs> well, let's face it. It's only up from here. Uh, Maximum Fun is supported by your monthly support. You can choose an amount that's comfortable for you. Most folks uh, support us with 5 or $10 a month. It goes to 20 35 even 100 or more if you're comfortable with that. It's really all about what works for you. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of how the Max Fund Drive works <laughs> later on. Uh, but if you want to become a member right now, we'd love that. You can go to MaximumFun.org slash join for all the information you need and also to check out the great thank you gifts that we have this year. That's yeah. MaximumFun.org slash join. Stay tuned for the nitty-gritty. That's I can't wait to get nitty and gritty. But let's go. <laughs> now this week's case, you can't acquit with us. Stephanie files suit against her younger sister, Ashley. As kids, they both created clubs with their friends and each excluded the other. Stephanie believes that Ashley started her club first, excluding Stephanie and sparking this years-long dispute. Ashley disagrees. Stephanie would now like to be retroactively inducted into Ashley's childhood club. Who's right, who's wrong, only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me, and when it has gone past... I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, please swear them in. Stephanie, Ashley, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he doesn't want to belong to any club that would accept him as a member? Yes. Yes. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. You have that a little bit wrong, Jesse. I only want to belong to clubs that desperately want me as a member and that don't require me to do anything to get in. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel feel like the Yale Whiff and Poofs should have just said you're in, even though you don't sing very well. That's what I, that's how I feel. From the tables down at Maury's. Come on, guys, put me in the mix. Stephanie and Ashley, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. Can either of you name the piece of culture I referenced when I entered the courtroom? Question mark. Stephanie, do you have a guess? I'm going to guess The Tick, the animated series. The Tick, the animated series. That that would be um, probably the least obscure of the three <laughs> versions of The Tick. <laughs> But still very obscure. Ashley, what's your guess? Um, I am guessing that it is an excerpt from a mission statement of one of your secret childhood clubs. Well, I'll put that in the guest book. But I, being an only child, had one club, the club of me. (laughs) There was no other member. 
<laughs> and all guesses are wrong. Sorry. Uh, in fact, that was the litany against fear. I was really taking a risk with this one. If either of you had ever read the Frank Herbert novel Dune or had any glancing familiarity with that cuckoo book, you would have known this one right away. You would have said Dune because it is from the science fiction eco uh, epic Dune. And John, you were not exactly in safe territory making a reference to Dune with Judge John Hodgman listeners. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It was a real risk. Did I say I was in safe territory? No, you didn't. Day. You were rolling the dice there, buddy. Yeah, I thought it could be. I was like, Stephanie or Ashley is going to get it. And then I'm going to have to be like, well, what is it called? The, the, the litany against fear. And then I would say, well, what is the super secret space club of women with psychic powers who created that litany against fear, who banded together behind the scenes to manipulate generations of births to genetically create the galaxy's savior, the Kwisatz Haderach. What would be the name of that sisterhood, Stephanie or Ashley? Any guess? I'm not aware. <laughs> the sisterhood of the Bene Gesserit, of course. <laughs> you guys got to read Dune. It's good. It's a good <laughs> book. Do you ever read Dune, Jesse? I, I tried to read Dune once. It's very readable. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've never read any of the other ones, but I like Dune a lot. All right, anyway, here we go. Uh, so let's see here. Stephanie, you bring the case against Ashley, and your complaint is that when you were children as sisters, Ashley excluded you from a club? Explain. Yes. Um, so this dispute stems from, we're talking about circa 1994, uh, I would have been in third grade, and uh, and Ashley would have been in first grade. We're talking about the era of the animated tick. That's what it's called. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Also, the era of the pog. Yeah. My friend Lacey and I had a, a club called uh, SL Pogulators. It was a pog playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephanie, you had a club... With with Lacey called it was, a, it was a pog club. <laughs> oh, I didn't know this would hit you this hard, Jesse. <laughs> didn't, that wasn't in the notes that I read, so it was a surprise. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fun when she said it was the era of the pog. <laughs> But I didn't know it was a pog club. You guys have some really good metal slammers. Plastic. I had a plastic one. Oh. I didn't know that, that was going to set off a, a Jesse Thorne a laughter storm. That was good. <laughs> you, you know how I feel about the, the caps from passion fruit orange guava juice bottles. Yeah, for those who don't know, and I honestly, I count myself among them because I was a grown man when pogs were a thing. Uh, Stephanie, what, what were pogs and what was the mission statement of the SL Pogolators? <laughs> pogs are about a silver dollar shape. Uh, thick paper and you stack them up um, it's a pretty simple game you basically stack all the pogs up you have a slammer which is a plastic or metal thicker piece that you throw at the pile and you're trying to flip the pogs over they have a kind of a front side with a 90s memorabilia on it and a back side that's blank alf the front side has alf on it <laughs> <laughs> and the back side has like what on it just white paper, or it's blank. 
and I don't understand the sl- the slammer. How do you you throw it at the pile like a skipping stone, like a like a mini frisbee, a mini frizz, or what? Or do there's you, different what, techniques. Where does the, the slamming come in? Uh, yeah, I think the only rule, as far as I know, is that your hand can't be in contact with the slammer when it hits the pile. So you've got to throw it. But there's different. I think there are different techniques. I was quite the expert, but I'm. <laughs> I was trying to refresh my knowledge on how how the game works. Um, yeah, because you've left childish things behind you, and these <laughs> these dumb childhood clubs don't matter to you anymore because you're a grown woman. <laughs> or oh no, no, you're not at all. You're you're living in the past, and you hold a grudge, and the grudge is against your sister. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, SL Pogolators. May I presume that S and the SL and SL Pogolators stand for Stephanie and Lacey? Yes. Were I presume they were the only members of the club? Yes, it was a, a two-person pog playing club. And what what were the? What? <laughs> I think Jesse's laughing what, because how, pogs is a game that's not any fun with two people. <laughs> how many people normally get in on a pog match? Uh, well, it's the more the better, really. Um, you you play for keeps, so. With two people, oh. you're just kind of passing them back and forth. Uh, it's really ad- improved by having more than two people in it. Yeah, Pogs is a little bit in spirit like marbles, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say that part of the purpose is to collect Pogs. And then in playing Pogs, those Pogs that you manage to flip over with your slammer, you get to keep. Uh, so it's sort of like uh, it's sort of like a children's collecting game, just like in marbles, the marbles that you I mean, I don't know exactly. I didn't grow up in Brooklyn in 1952, but I think the marbles that you knock out of the circle you get to keep. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's sort of like a, a gambling game of skill for children involving Alf and possibly Denver, the last dinosaur. And these pog discs, these thick paper pog discs, they originally started like as as beverage, like the the liner of a beverage cap, right, or like a milk cap. Exactly. From pa- it's a Hawaiian game, uh, based on the cap liner of a bottle of Pog juice, which stands for passion fruit orange guava. It's a blend that you can still buy in Hawaii and some some other places. Oh wow! I never knew that. Uh, but then it it traveled to the mainland and and became a mania. Uh, in the early 1990s. You slammed some pogs, Jesse? I slammed a few pogs in my time, yeah. What would you say is the best technique for slamming pogs? Because I don't understand from Stephanie what the physical action is. Sorry, Stephanie. Well, first of all, you're going to need a powerful slammer. So Stephanie only had a plastic slammer, which is a okay slammer, but you really ultimately are going to want a metal slammer. Uh, and that that could really set you back. I mean, you're going to have to go to that baseball card and comic book store and either buy a lot of packs of random ones or, or really put in an investment of $5 uh, to get yourself that premium metal slammer. And then you are holding it flat between your thumb and middle finger with your index finger on top and slamming it directly flat downwards. And your goal is to kind of hit it both Hit, hit the pile both powerfully and uh, somewhat off-center, sort of like how you would flip a tiddlywink, um, so that as many pogs are not only thrown into the air but flipped over as possible. And you're slamming it onto the surface of the table or the street or whatever, and it bounces up to hit the pile? 
You're slamming it onto the the pile directly. Directly onto, onto the pile. The pile. Oh, how about that? Yeah, sounds fun. Should we change this into an all pog podcast? I think it would be more popular. A pog a podcast, <laughs> as it were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so Stephanie, you had this very lonely club of two pog players called <laughs> SL Pogolators. And then what what did Ashley do to provoke, in your opinion, this dispute? Well, Ashley had a club with her friend Lauren that was called. The Mr. Thowell Club. Mr. Thowell? T-H-O-W-E-L-L? Yes. It was pronounced okay. with a T-H, but it was... Was it... A, I'm it looking was at... Thowell. Was it related to the concept of a vowel? No. It wasn't... It was Completely a, unrelated. It was a vowel-heavy language. A language? Hang on. Let me turn to Ashley and get a sense of what her club was all about. Ashley, you're the younger sister, right? The younger sister, Yes. And you, you guys are in Virginia now, correct? But you did you grow up there? Yes. Okay. And uh, tell me about the Mr. Thowell Club. So um, the Mr. Thowell Club, and I'm big enough to admit this, it was really lame. <laughs> it was essentially me and one other person... What, you mean lamer than lamer than SL Pogolators? Well, you know, you're... Yeah, not as cool <laughs> as most first grade clubs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing I have to correct you on is that the SL Pogolators was very cool. <laughs> it was very cool. It was very hip. It was exclusive. It was where everyone wanted to be, especially me. Everything about it was awesome. So, Ashley, you really wanted to be part of the SL Pogolators. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. What made them so cool? I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you're the younger sister, right? So were you just looking up to your older sister? Oh, yeah. Or what was going on? Yeah, Stephanie and Lacey were always really awesome. They were, you know, two and three years my senior. And so they did everything first. You know, they were cheerleaders on the peewee football team, which, mind you, I tried out for and got cut from. They, you know, were like walking, talking encyclopedias of early 90s boy bands. Um, and then they played pogs and they were really awesome when they did it. And Lacey had a lot of pogs. So kind of between them, just the, the amount, the volume of pogs they had to play with was envious. Right. But they were just pushing those pogs back and forth between each other because it was so exclusive. Right. Right. <laughs> Stephanie, what pog were you most proud of? Uh, I know you've you've uh, been teasing me for my slammer, but I had a uh, a silver sparkly Looney Tunes slammer, and it was it was pretty great. Well, overture, light the lights. This is it, <laughs> the Pog of Nights. <laughs> uh, well, that that was our segment on uh, called Top Pogs here on the podcast. <laughs> Ashley, did you have any pogs at the time? I had a few pogs. Um, I also had a silver Looney Tunes slammer, um, but I unfortunately did not have anyone to play with, so I did not get to use it very frequently. Sounds like Ashley could have been a real asset to the SL Pogolators. Stephanie, why was she not invited to join? She had the Mr. Thowell Club. It's my clear memory that the Mr. Thowell Club existed first and that Lacey and I created the, uh, the Pogolators in response to that. Although I, see. I have I have a little confession about that. I will allow it. It it doesn't help my case, but uh, then I'll double allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I was researching. I, well, I was I reached out to Lacey to see if she still uh, had any pogs because I wanted to submit a picture for the evidence. And mm -hmm. uh, well, her first reaction was, "Why are pogs coming back?" Um, <laughs> 
And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to be on this podcast where we're going to talk about... She's like, I'm there. I'll meet you at the ska concert. <laughs> so I, I told her we were going to talk about the uh, the Pogolators and the Mr. Thowell Club. And her immediate response was, oh, the Mr. Thowell Club, that's the club that Ashley and Lauren created after we excluded them from the Pogolators, isn't it? So, oh, so there's a little bit of a gray house dispute here mm-hmm. in Judge John Hodgman parlance yeah. as to what what actually happened, which came first, the pogolators or the vowels. Yeah, Ashley doesn't didn't know yeah. about that, but uh, Lacey's recollection is in line with Ashley's. I have to admit. Well, I right. must I must say I'm not surprised. <laughs> and just because you brought it up, you you do have some evidence, Stephanie, specifically Exhibit A. Being Lacey's Pogs, she still has them. You sent in a photo of her Pog collection. And this, of course, is available on the Judge John Hodgman page at MaximumFun.org, as well as on our Instagram at Judge John Hodgman. And I don't know if you're seeing this, Jesse. As a Pog neophyte, this is a pretty impressive collection of Pogs to me. What do you think? Now, I'm opening up the uh, Pog collection here. I'm seeing a lot of holograms, which is very impressive to me. <laughs> Uh, one of them says, Be My Valentine, which is, a, that's a seasonal hologram that's double valuable. Uh, there's also what looks like a unicorn pegasus, which is one of the most powerful creatures. Um, in pogs or in, in general? Uh, I, I think I, both in pogs and in general. But in, po- like in, in pog parlance, a unicorn pegasus is something you're looking for? Well, I think you're looking for holograms, but you're also looking for incredible creatures. Okay. Like that red cardinal just sitting there on the grass. <laughs> the the red cardinal that is apparently from a series of pogs that just depict types of bird. Yeah. Is a less impressive pog, I have to say. <laughs> what about these what about these uh cartoonish uh footprints uh that are styled in the in the flags of the United States and then I guess the Republic of Ireland, respectively. Is that something you're looking for, footprint flag pogs? Well, I mean, I wouldn't turn down a footprint flag pog. <laughs> I'm no Quentin Tarantino, but it's fun. Is that something that's com- common, Stephanie, the FFP, the footprint pl- flag pog? <laughs> Got to get them all? N- not that I'm especially aware of, but there was a, a wide variety. I think these Disney pogs also look like uh, particularly covetable pogs. I see... Uh, one featuring Aladdin from the movie Aladdin, of course, with his famous monkey on his head. Yep, classic monkey uh, head pog. And then I'm seeing one featuring Cinderella from the movie Cinderella. Oh, yeah, that's what that one is. Yeah, that looks good, too. She also submitted a picture of a genuinely impressive holographic bunny rabbit and a big yellow pog tube, which I'm going to be frank, uh, in retrospect, definitely looks like something you keep drugs in. <laughs> It looks like a big, tall film canister, but it's the size. That's where you keep your pogs in the long, in the cylindrical carrying case. Is that correct, Stephanie? Yes. So, on a scale of awesome to radical, <laughs> where would you place Lacey's pog collection? Well, I'm going to say I'm seeing relatively few exciting branded characters. I would have liked to have seen perhaps some characters from U.S. Acres. Uh, the ah, 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 ah. other off-brand Garfield. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the other Jim half Davis, of the Gar- so. the Garfield television show. 
<laughs> it had maybe an egg with feet. I don't remember. There was an egg with feet. There was a, a pig named Orson. These things I recall. But I think overall, especially given the sheer volume of reflective and holographic pogs, it's a not unimpressive collection. And I would say that the holographic be my Valentine, uh, which is a type of love pog, and the blacklight poster style eyeball with lightning bolts uh, are two of the real highlights. So first of all, I now I now wish upon you a career as Antiques Roadshow only Pog <laughs> appraiser. Like, would that be a blessing or a curse? I mean, it would be a curse, obviously, but like if Antiques Roadshow <laughs> called you up, Jesse, and said, guess what? We finally, we really need you this time. We want you to be on Antiques Roadshow <laughs> once a month, but you're only allowed to appraise Pogs. Would that be a yes or a no? Well, you know, the experts on Antiques Roadshow aren't paid and have to pay their own way to the places where they tape Antiques Roadshow. Oh, my gosh. Really? Uh, that's all true. Uh, but I think I would still do it. <laughs> all right. Good. I'll, you know, I got an email from them once. I'll let them know. I'll let them know that you're interested in the job. Stephanie, are there any pogs in this collection and, and Ashley, we haven't forgotten about you. This is not an exclusion of little sisters right now. You're gonna get you're gonna get your full due. But I'm I'm deep into this pog culture now. This is my life. Stephanie, are there any pogs in Lacey's collection that used to be yours? I'm sure there are. Do you remember losing in a bad beat? <laughs> no, I don't have any there aren't any specific memories that come to mind. I mean, most games kind of went the same. The game kind of goes the same way no matter when you play it, but uh, we just kind of traded back and forth and it became... Yeah, but there was a day when the SL Pogolators disbanded and the last game of Pogs between you and Lacey unfolded. You're not haunted by the loss of any of these particular Pogs? There's, <laughs> there's no one that got away in here that you wish you could have back? No. As far as I can remember, I never actually uh, purchased any of the Pogs. I think they they all came my way through playing the game. So they just kind of, they come and they go. They're transient. Right. You, and, you, but, and you've left Pogs behind, obviously. You don't have your Pogs, do you? No, I don't. No. So the whole thing, you didn't even care about the Pogs. He was just excluding your sister, it sounds like <laughs> to me, making her feel bad. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2020-24. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit. Every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made. Step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. 
Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Let's talk to Ashley for a second. Ashley, tell me about the Mr. Vowel Club. Uh, a very, very interesting title for a club, arguably, well, I would dare well, say, <laughs> better and more creative than SL Pogolators. <laughs> Perhaps. Both, both are charming. Ashley, what was, the, what was the Mr. Dowell Club? What was its charter? What was its mission? Who were its founding members? So we were a group, a group of two who we kind of had a, a little bit of a setup. It was kind of like a Charlie's Angels type deal where we had an kind of invisible slash imaginary boss who would instruct us on things like our secret language and what games to play and, you know, silly faces to make towards each other. And that was pretty oh much it. Did you have characters? Were you playing characters within the context of the Mr. Vowel Club? No, just ourselves. And... This imaginary Bosley-type boss, Bosley being the... No, Bosley was the friend of the Charlie's Angels. Charlie was the was the, the mysterious voice that only came over the speakerphone to give the Charlie's Angels their crime-fighting instructions. That was who Mr. Thowell was in your universe? Correct. And how did you channel the voice of Mr. Thowell? <laughs> um, he, had a, he had a siren call that I think Ashley should grace us with well there was a lot of intuition involved <laughs> we just we just a lot of telepathic communication if you will i will if you give me something more to go on than that <laughs> i mean my question here is did one of you who's your co-angel in your fake charlie's angels mr that gang lauren Lauren. All right. And so did Lauren do a voice or did you do a voice, the voice of Mr. Thowell? 
Or would you say, I'm just receiving a communication from Mr. Dowell? Yes, I'm receiving a communication. Often we instinctively knew that each other was telling the truth about the communications that we received from Mr. Dowell. Well, I would imagine that's the law of the Mr. Dowell Club. Well, there are no liars in Mr. Dowell. Right. And what kind of instructions would Mr. Dowell give you? You mentioned something about language. There was a, a language that we spoke, which was loosely based on Pig Latin. Mm-hmm. And he, a secret code language that only you and Lauren were were supposed to know. That was the intention. It was mm-hmm. not that hard to decipher. In fairness. But the intention was for it to be a private language that only members of the Mr. Dowell Club could speak and understand. I'm sorry. I feel like I've heard a lot of talk about this language, but maybe I missed it. I haven't heard any talk in this language. Yeah. Can you still speak it? What is the name of the language and can you still speak it? The name, the language does not have a name. It just, it just mm-hmm. is. It's just, it just exists. Um, but it was mostly you take the first letter of a word and then drop the remaining letters and then just substitute them with a lot of A's and then one E. So, for example, my name, Ashley, would have been A. A, 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 E. Pronounced how? Pronounced A. <laughs> Pronounced A. A, okay. St- sometimes. Wait, is there a more illustrative example that you can give me? <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> like, I would like to play Pogs, please, sister. How would that come out? Probably something along the lines of, I would like to pay. Pay. <laughs> how about how about something simpler, like, please love me, sister. <laughs> that would be, please love me, stay. Okay, you only do one word in the whole sentence? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't particularly inventive. All right, but let me give this straight. This is, your, this is first grade, right? Right. First grade, you and Lauren are channeling an entity. Correct. Known as Mr. Thowell, who is teaching you a secret language. Yes. And, and pardon me. Uh, Hannah Smith, producer, you're going to have to bleep this out. And you wanted to play Pogs? This was such a cool (laughs) club. It's incredible. It was. This is Stephanie. The Mr. Thowell Club is by far cooler than the than the Pogulators. I really disagree. uh, Ashley, what are you? I'm. I'm not sure you're fit to judge. You're too. You're too far inside of it. (laughs) So, Ashley, from your point of view, which club came first? The Pogolators. The Pogolators. And yes. you and Lauren formed Mr. Dowell in order to have a thing once Stephanie rejected your application to the Pogolators. Right. Uh, do you remember the day that you asked to be part of the Pogolators and the day that Stephanie said, no, never, not even when we're in our, in our 30s? It was really an ongoing process where every single time they would play, they would lock themselves in Stephanie's room and I would beg to play, please let me play, let me play, let me play just this one time. And, and every single time the answer was no. And how did that make you feel? Well, it made me feel like I was an outsider, like I was less than. I wasn't fit to play Pogs. Stephanie, do you, do you recall this happening? Do you recall excluding your sister from yes. the club? Yes. If, it was most of the fun of the Pogs. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was just it was a it was like a diamond medallion status a completely meaningless um award that you only want because someone else has it yes all right so ashley here's the thing i'm trying to get to the point of where this is still a dispute this happened in the distant past and part of that has to do with who came first the thou or the bogs the classic (laughs) riddle who came first the thou or the pogs your memory ashley is what Pogolators first? Pogolators first. You know, Stephanie, I think we can now stipulate that probably Pogolators did come first because that's what Lacey recalls, right? I would say it's in dispute. I'm. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's a gray area. But well, I, I don't know about that. I do want to say that uh, Ashley has continued to give Lacey and I such a hard time about the Pogolators for so many years that uh yeah you were mean you were a mean older sister (laughs) but a few years ago Lacey and i uh attempted to make amends by making ashley a retroactive member and renaming the club the sla pogolators and what did ashley say to that this is ashley i was delighted to join (laughs) but um (laughs) there is a but (laughs) so Stephanie claims that, well, we we made you a part of the SLA Poggleaders. Well, by what definition? Because we have never played Pogs. (laughs) Stephanie and Lacey sometimes hang out secretly under the guise of having playdates with their babies. But now we know Lacey still has Pogs. So what if they're playing Pogs? I don't know what they're doing. They could be playing Pogs. Yeah, but they invited you to join the club. You can you would all you'd have to do is is offer them the standard one hundred thousand dollar initiation fee <laughs> and then go through the rites and rituals of joining the the Poggleators and then you would know all their secrets. There was no formal ceremony. It was very much an afterthought. It was um I think we were, I think it was Stephanie's bachelorette party. And they both kind of, one of them, I don't even remember who, was like, oh, okay, fine, you can be in the club. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is unexpected. This is like a party for me right now. But there right, was and no... Right, then as you thought about it. But then, yeah, I thought, well, where was the ceremony? <laughs> you know, there wasn't any kind of oath or the, no, there were no speeches. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't special. So I think they did it really, I think it was unplanned. Oh, it, it was, we discussed it. It was, we discussed it. We, Lacey and I had deliberations for several hours before making the decision to let you in. Well, I think the plaintiff has proven herself to be a little less than credible at this point. So, you know, maybe, maybe not. You're, you're saying that Stephanie and Lacey just threw this to you, that it was a sop. It was right. nothing to them. Right. right. Plus, there was no pogs being played anymore, as far as you knew. So who cares? Right. 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 I mean, the poggleators may have been formed with the express purpose of being mean to you from their <laughs> point of view. But Ashley, you wanted to play some pogs. Right. I'm like, I want to get in on this. So you said no? Do you, did you refuse the invitation to the SLA poggleators? Oh, I accepted the invitation. I would never be so rash as to refuse an invitation I'd waited for for over 25 years. Well, okay. So then do you feel you had justice, even though you still suspect your older sister of foul play? Um, no. There, I have some requests. Some requests? Yeah. That I, I, I just th- forgot. You're not even the one who's bringing this case. Stephanie's <laughs> suing you. <laughs> it's a bit of a countersuit, I guess, if you will. 
All right, hold on your request for a second because I need to talk to Stephanie. Stephanie, yes, you are bringing this lawsuit, and yes. it is clear that you are the wrong party in every way. <laughs> so, what are you possibly suing Ashley for? I sued Ashley because she, even after we've attempted to make amends, she's not accepted our uh, our gesture. She hasn't. Uh, she continues to give us a hard time about it. Anytime I see Lacey, it's oh, did you guys play Pogs without me? Did are you going to see Lacey? <laughs> are you guys going to go see Lacey and form another secret club to exclude me from? And it's it's incessant. She won't she won't leave us alone. So I I want yeah. the uh, I, I want it to stop. You know you know the saying from the game of Pogs. You reap what you sow. <laughs> sometimes you slam and sometimes you get slammed. <laughs> the other thing that's weird here, Stephanie, is that unless Ashley is now lying to me, she says that she has now accepted the invitation. And you say she's not accepted the invitation. You also say that she formed the Mr. Dowell Club before you. But Lacey says that she formed the Mr. Thou Club after you as a reaction to being excluded from the Poggleators. Uh, you are as unreliable a narrator who has ever written a Yelp review, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> she accepted the membership to the SLA Poggleators, but she hasn't accepted it as, uh, she hasn't taken it as a resolved issue. She continues to uh, hold a grudge about the about the. You were hoping You were hoping that by by offering her membership in this club, that uh, it would erase all of her hurt feelings and it would all be water under the bridge, as they say in pog playing circles. Yes, it, it was an attempt to make amends for our, our past wrongs. It was an attempt to put a slammer down on her feelings <laughs> and turn you into the good guy, finally. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this. Why are you suing Ashley? Did you want to join the Mr. Dowell Club? Yes, I do. I th I think uh, we, Lacey and I have done the right thing by admitting Ashley into the Poggleators, and I think uh, I think Ashley should do the same thing for me. I wait, 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 wait. Did you ever want to join the Mister Dowell Club when it was going on? Oh yes, because Ashley formed this cool club that was based on imagination and friendship. <laughs> she wasn't just playing a game playing a mind game on you her club was they it was uh i think it was designed to be uh attention grabbing they would run around doing this call that I would, what that was the call of the was, mr dowell club i'm trying to make ashley do it but i don't think she's going to you have to do the imitation of it stephanie <laughs> <laughs> It had a little more like chutzpah to it when well, we did it. You well, you're you're invited to set the record straight and do it yourself. Ashley. Oh, I, I couldn't possibly. That would be gauche. And why? Because it would violate a secret of your order, or because you're scared? Uh, the former. No. Actually, apart from the obvious vitriol uh, between you and Stephanie, you know, the Charlie's Angels had three members. Ooh. Why not invite Stephanie and, you know, why not broker a piece years ago and say, you want into Mr. Thowell Club? Great. We'll teach you the language. You change one letter of one word of every sentence you say, and then you go, <laughs> and you also, 
you also have to receive transmissions from a weird extra dimensional being <laughs> but you gotta let me into that pog club you could have quashed this beef then you could have brokered a piece then why not you know to induct someone into a sacred club is a big deal it's not something i take lightly unlike the plaintiff it's you know something that needs there needs to be a lot of thought and a lot of effort and ceremony and it needs to be special and unique and i would never just offer someone admission to the Mr. Thowell Club without really putting forth the groundwork that would need to go into that. So maybe at some point that would be reasonable. But at this point, I'm still, frankly, I'm still upset. I'm still upset about not being in the Poglators. All right. I mean, that was your joke answer. <laughs> but I... <laughs> because how many, how many rituals of initiation into the Mr. Thowell Club have there ever been? Zero. You and Lauren got together and just started hearing voices. <laughs> Can't tell me that you had like a, a whole initiation right mapped out. A whole system of debating Stephanie's merits or demerits as a potential member. You just didn't let, you didn't let her in because you were mad because you weren't in the Poglators Club, as you just admitted, correct? <laughs> That's fair. Are you still friends with Lauren? Peripherally, we're not we're not as tight as we used to be. Life just kind of uh, took us down our own path, so we're not we're not as tight as the Pogolators are. You never call her up and go, Ooh, <laughs> and then slam down the phone. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Stephanie, you have a you have a child. I do. I have a daughter. Because you and Lacey are getting together for mom dates and and play dates and stuff. She lives uh, a couple states away, but we still see each other pretty often. And Ashley, do you have a child? I do not. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. So, Stephanie, what would you have me rule if I were to rule in your favor, and why should I? I would like you to rule that Ashley needs to let bygones be bygones, accept uh, the gesture that Lacey and I made by inducting her uh, into the pogolators as, uh, uh, you know, that amends have been made and that there's... No further wrongdoing and uh, and leave us alone about it. And I also think she should do the same for me and uh, let me into the Mr. That Old Club. Uh, it says here you also want Ashley to acknowledge that she started the dispute. Is that something you still <laughs> believe is true? Well, the, in light of the new evidence, uh, I'm willing to uh, concede on that one. Ashley, wh what what would you have me order if I were to find in your favor? I think a very reasonable ruling would be the following i would like both <laughs> I, I, we're not in the same room but i feel like i'm hearing you unspool an ancient parchment <laughs> on which you have written your demands <laughs> i think it would be very reasonable for both of them both stephanie and lacy to prepare a written apology in which they accept that they excluded me from the club on purpose they apologize for that, and then they then offer me a real uh, role of membership in the SLA Pogolators. I then think we should commemorate the, the new membership, the real membership, with the, some kind of ceremony, and I'll be, you know, I think we can um, compromise on, on what that process would be. And I would like to play at least one game of Pogs <laughs> with the SL Pogolators. If, the, if all of this was provided, would you suitably induct Stephanie and perhaps Lacey into the Mr. Dowell Club? I think I think that would be reasonable. Yes. All right. You're ready. You're ready to settle this. <laughs> Stephanie, all she's asking for is 
an elaborate written apology. <laughs> Do you think you and you and Lacey can provide that? I'm not sure. Even if we did, that it would uh, meet her standards. You think that she is she is shifting demands that she just wants to get you to to humiliate yourself with an apology, and then we'll start making more demands. Yes. Is there any evidence to suggest that that is Ashley's modus operandi? Well, I think the past uh, 25 years of her uh, teasing us about it are the evidence. What does the teasing mean to you? You're the big sister. You've got a life. You've got kids. Who cares? Well, to me, it it reminds me of a part of my childhood that I'm not proud of. I'm not. uh, Right. I don't like being reminded that I created a club to exclude my sister. So it doesn't make me feel good to be reminded uh, that that happened. Ashley, how does Stephanie feeling bad about herself around this make you feel? Well, I don't want her to feel bad. Are you sure? But I would like, (laughs) I would like. (laughs) Seems like you enjoy it. I think, okay. <laughs> I think it's high time for us to bury it. Uh, all right. I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. Uh, before I go into my secret star chamber uh, here in the windowless tomb that is my private uh, clubhouse of one, uh, there is one other piece of evidence, Stephanie, that you submitted. <laughs> it is Exhibit B, Jesse Thorne. I'll let you look at that before you usher me out of this courtroom. <laughs> Wait. This dog isn't really sleeping, is it? This is Stephanie's dog, Riley, sleeping on a on yeah. a bed, a dog bed. <laughs> that's how he sleeps, it's yes. Not. No, he's itching his back or something. No, that's how he sleeps. Ashley's waiting. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Don't, don't, tell you. Try and, don't try and fool me. <laughs> tell you, everyone can go look on the Instagram, Judge John Hodgman, to the show page. But I'm going to tell you, Jesse, it took me a long time to figure out which was the head of this dog and which was the tail? Like, <laughs> did not. This is like this, do, this is like this isn't a dog. This is a furry Mobius strip. <laughs> Google Images recognizes him as a cat. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. This is the kind of pictures people should be sending me. If your dog doesn't sleep upside down, don't at me. <laughs> well, I'm happy. Okay, good. Can you get me out of here? (laughs) Yeah. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Uh, Stephanie, how you feeling? Uh, Well, not great, since the judge uh, basically told me I was wrong. So I'm not feeling too good. Are you feeling bad because you've been abusing your sister or because you're going to (laughs) lose? A little bit of both. Ashley, how are you feeling? Well, I think that went very well for me. <laughs> I was not expecting a third witness to come in and, and basically prove my case. So that was a nice little treat. But, uh, you know, I think, I think we'll have a good, a fair ruling. If you could have one pog in the world, any pog in the world, what, what pog would you like to have? Hmm. I don't know, maybe one of those Metter Slammers that you're talking about, because I had never heard about that. It probably would have been unsafe to let a bunch of eight-year-olds play with those. But, you know, we're all grown now, and I think I'm ready for a Metal Slammer. How about you, Stephanie? Probably just something like a 90s insignia that said POW would be pretty cool. (laughs) 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, you, you two are really setting your sights low there, but <laughs> I'm going to let it slide. We'll be back in just a second with Judge John Hodgman's ruling. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and presents his verdict. So, I like you both very much, right? Ashley, you are a provocateur, a classic uh, uh, poop-stirrer, uh, a grudge holder, a poker in the in the ribs of your sister, uh, truly the picture of a Mr. Dowell club member. <laughs> and Stephanie, you are at best misremembering the order in which these clubs were formed and the purpose for which they were formed. You are trying to rewrite history such that Mr. Thowell Club came first so that you can cast yourself as the aggrieved party who had no choice but to form the SL Pogolators and exclude Ashley from your room as payback for being excluded from her special club. But Lacey, unfortunately for you, undermined that. And I do think that it is a misremembering because you yourself know that why you are rewriting this history, because remembering it accurately makes you feel bad. You formed a club with your cool friend to play the coolest game on earth, Pogs. But you didn't care enough to even remember which Pogs you had, which Pogs you <laughs> cared about. You didn't even care about which Pogs you kept because your Pogs are thrown to the winds. You formed the club in, in order to needle your sister. And that's what older sisters do. I dare say it's what all older siblings do because it's fun. <laughs> and now, now, all that has happened in the ensuing two and a half decades is Ashley needling you back, reminding you of this time in your life when you were less, slightly less than gracious. Um, I don't think you were outright mean, but Ashley felt bad. And now she takes pleasure in making you feel bad. Yes, you do, Ashley. You do take pleasure. <laughs> I can tell. 
I think the first thing that needs to happen for your relationship to be repaired and for you to progress is for Stephanie, for you to acknowledge that this alternate reality that you constructed in order to make yourself the good guy, and indeed to justify your bringing this case to me as though you were the wounded party, when clearly the wound is entirely borne by Ashley, is to acknowledge this and to not just offer membership in the Poggleators as a throwaway at a bachelorette party, but to really get out a quill and parchment, <laughs> get some Poggleators letterhead, <laughs> write a letter of an apology from you and from Lacey and indeed the entire Poggleators organization acknowledging <laughs> that the club was formed at least in your mind purposefully to exclude Ashley and you may even need to apologize to Lacey too because it seems like Lacey actually liked Pogs <laughs> whereas you just like you just you just like the sad sound of your sister banging at your door <laughs> I say this not merely to rule in Ashley's favor, which obviously I do, but also because it's important, especially since you and Lacey are now once again in a club to which Ashley does not belong, which is motherhood, parenthood. You are once again at a slightly different and yet pivotal stage of your lives. And Ashley's on the outside looking in. Ashley, you like your niece? Oh, she's the best. She's adorable. I'm also her godmother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have, I have no doubt. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that just because you like hurting your sister, you don't like your niece. Of course you like your niece. <laughs> <laughs> but this, is, this informs, the, I, I, I wanted to establish for the record that obviously uh, you, have, you have love for your sister, Stephanie, you have a love for her daughter. You probably enjoy being an aunt. You're probably an amazing aunt. Would you say that's true, Stephanie? Yes, it is. And what kind of child does uh, does uh, Lacey have? She has a boy. She has a boy. And she lives a couple of states away? She's in New Jersey. Based on the geographical information you provided me, I'm prepared to make both my ruling and my sentence. First of all, obviously, I rule in Ashley's favor. Uh, as I said, a written apology is an order. Ashley, I then order you to drop all beef. Slam all beef down. Gross. <laughs> Sounds gross, but you know my intention. <laughs> Try to draw everything into pogs. doesn't work. That's, you know, maybe I shouldn't be running a podcast after all. <laughs> uh, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. And then I want, Stephanie, you to invite Ashley to be part of the Poggleators. And you guys are going to get a couple of rooms in a nice hotel about midway between where you are in Northern Virginia and where Lacey is in uh, Southern New Jersey or maybe an Airbnb and you, Stephanie and your daughter and Lacey and her son and uh, auntie uh, Ashley here are all going to meet there and there will be an induction ceremony. I would like pictures of it. (laughs) And then you're going to play an incredible game of pogs. And finally give Ashley the justice that she deserves. And Ashley, (laughs) you are going to forgive your sister and Lacey. And then you are going to uh, take their children and secretly induct them into the Mr. Thou Club. (laughs) This is the sound of a gavel. 
Uh, woo, 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 woo. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. How do you feel, Ashley? I think it's a very fair ruling. Um, and I think we can both adhere to it, especially the last part. <laughs> How about you, Stephanie? I feel pretty good, even though I lost. Uh, Ashley has to drop the beef, so uh, so I feel good about that. Slam the beef. <laughs> well, I just forgot about something. This whole ruling, by the way, is contingent upon Ashley doing the call. If Ashley doesn't do the call, uh, I'm going the other way. And the beef continues. Oh, gosh. Well, there's only one thing I can do, which is... That's the sound of a gavel. (laughs) Thank you, guys. (laughs) Stephanie, Ashley, thanks for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Another Judge John Hodgman case is in the books. Our thanks to all of Max Fund's members, everyone who's retained their membership through tough times, everyone who's added a membership, everybody who's upgraded a membership. We're grateful to every single one of you, and we cannot thank you enough. Hey, Jesse, I have a question. Yeah. If I if I wanted to gift a membership to someone else, can I do that? Absolutely. This is something that we were it was it was a lot of work to implement as it turns out, but we did it because, you know, this is something that people have asked for in the past, but given the fact that there are so many people out there whose circumstances have changed, uh, so many people out there who wish they could become a member, uh, but just aren't in a position to. And there have been so many people who have reached out to us and contacted us and said they want to do something to allow those people to become members. Uh, you can give a gift membership at MaximumFun.org slash join. So if you're already a member and you're looking for a way to do a little something extra, that benefits Maximum Fun and it'll, it'll benefit somebody who otherwise isn't in a position to become a member. If you haven't had a chance to become a member yet, you can do so at MaximumFun.org slash join. I'll say it again because I like saying URLs. MaximumFun.org slash join. I also want to give one more thank you, not just to our members and not just to all the folks who are buying tickets to the events that benefit the Equal Justice Initiative. Um, but I, I also want to thank my uh, my father passed away a couple of weeks ago and um, I shared some inf- some stuff about him and his life on on Twitter and on social media. And I I offered that if people wanted to give a memorial gift, they could give it to an organization called Swords to Plowshares in San Francisco, uh, which is a, a veterans organization that does direct services for veterans. Um, and it's one that, that my dad received services from when he was a homeless addict who was struggling with post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's a place where my dad worked after he got clean. And um, they just dropped me an email and said that they uh, they raised uh, about $10,000 in my dad's name. And I'm, I'm very grateful to everybody for that. Mm. Um, and I also, I also want to thank, um, just out of the blue the other day, I got an email from my dad's hospice doctor. And I hadn't been able to be up there in the Bay Area where he was in hospice at the VA hospital uh, because of res- pandem- pandemic restrictions. And um, she sent me an email and she said, just completely coincidentally, she was a Max Funster and that she knew about my dad and realized it was him when, when one of the nurses mentioned to her that he had been a peace activist. And she said, well, if he was a peace activist and his last name is Thorne, it must be Jesse Thorne's dad. 
And my dad had pretty advanced dementia by the time he passed away. And, and the doctor told me that she was able to connect with him over long lunches when she was, when she was in the hospice center because she knew so much about his life and work. And um, it was the most vivid illustration to me of the effect that our community has had on my life and my family's life. Um, so I want to thank her. Her name is Dr. Chubbuck. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong and it's Chubuk or something. Um, sorry, Doc. Um, but more than that, I just want to thank everybody who, who helped me in remembering my dad and earlier this year in, in remembering my friend Evan who passed away and, um, who have been so kind and supportive about uh, me being away from the show as much as I have been, which is obviously not what I want. I love doing this show. Um, and who have made it possible for us to make this kind of business over the past decade or so. Um, so thanks everybody. And especially thanks Dr. Chubbuck for, for helping my dad. And thanks John and Jen for the kindness that you, you guys have given me. I'm so proud to work with you and so grateful to work with you. Uh, we love you, Jesse. And, um, you know, it's, 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 um, hard to express that when, you know, you're crying and your tears are mixing with the sweat from standing in a laundry closet. <laughs> but the stories about your dad were very inspiring and meaningful to me over the years. And part of the, the deep, DNA of this show and um, to quote him I'm sorry I stepped on your gerbil <laughs> a true classic sometimes you step on people's gerbils and all you can do is say I'm sorry when I think about the the legacy that my father left to me and the rest of my family and my father was a complicated man with many failings but uh, also an extraordinary man, and one of the things that he always taught me, and it's something that he learned when he was when he was working as a peace activist, as a veterans peace activist, and and you know among other things, they wanted to march in the Veterans Day parade, and the VFW wouldn't let them. And when they joined the parade, the VFW and the cops beat the crap out of them. Um, and he told me that story. And he laughed about it because it was so dumb that they did it. Not that they joined the parade, <laughs> but what a dumb reason to beat somebody up. <laughs> and um, and he he used to say, "If you can't laugh, then what's the point?" And he was he was not funny, but he was an amazing <laughs> laugher. And he loved. He even loved when I told that story about him stepping on my hamster, which is probably the <laughs> his way. I mean, he's the one who stepped on the hamster. Right. <laughs> so it was, I can't imagine it was anything less than nightmarish for him. <laughs> but um, uh, I don't think I would have gone into this work if it wasn't for him. So um, I'm so grateful to him for teaching me to laugh in the face of pain. And I'm grateful to you guys for uh, for giving me the chance to do that every week. Uh, it's such an important part of my life, and I'm I'm grateful to my dad for um, teaching me that 
anytime I need a laugh, I can just think about the time that he was talking about how funny you were, John, but he uh, described you as, uh, and this is a quote from my dad, your friend Houseman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no greater honor. It's better than Hadegemen. Okay. Get. Uh, yeah. So look, most of the most of the podcasts that we do here at Maximum Fun, they're you know they're pretty comedic, and I think you know it's it's been a it's been a pretty unfunny time, and it's been a a real joy and privilege and consolation to be able to provide some distraction. We have Swift Justice coming up in just oh, yeah. a second. We, we want to we're thank... doing a show, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we want to thank Ryan Stratton for naming this week's episode, You Can't Acquit With Us. If you'd like to name a future episode like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook, we put out our calls for submissions there. Follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. Hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets, hashtag JJHO. And check out the Maximum Fun subreddit to discuss this episode. We're on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman. Make sure to follow us there for evidence and other fun stuff. This week's episode was recorded by Peter Solomon at Virginia Public Media. Uh, back when people were allowed to go into radio studios. This week's episode produced by Jennifer Marmer and Hannah Smith, who have been doing extraordinary work in extraordinary circumstances. We're so grateful uh, to them and Jesus and all of our colleagues at Maximum Fun. All right. What about Swift Justice? Steve says, is it okay for me to ring the bell on my bike as I'm approaching pedestrians from behind on a shared pathway? I ring my bell to warn them I'm coming, but often they're startled by the noise. Help! Why doesn't he just throw pogs at him? That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> Pedestrians are going to get startled no matter what if you're coming up from behind them. I think you're doing the right thing by giving them a little ding ding. As long as you give them a little ding ding and not like bring 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 bring. There here's the thing, Steve. I understand you're trying to do the right thing. But whether you ring or you don't ring, you have to remember you're a bicyclist. There is no way the world isn't going to hate you. Pedestrians and cars will hate you, no matter what you do, whether you're a good cyclist or a bad cyclist. And I urge you to be a good cyclist. There's going to be a certain amount of uh, anger thrown your way. But the compensation for that is, as a bicyclist, you know in your heart, you're the best person in the world. <laughs> That's why you get to wear those pants. That's right. You're the most virtuous and best person in the world. Everyone take care of each other out there on the roads. Come on, share the road. Yeah, and it's good to ride bikes. It's great to ride bikes. That's it for this week's episode. Submit your cases at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. No case is too small. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned, audience-supported.